Amen. Put your hands together. And let's give a Sunday night encounter service welcome. Jeremiah Johnson. Amen. All right. Am I on? Can you all hear me? Praise the Lord. Well, I enjoyed the, the service very much this morning. I want to, again, thank you, Pastor Phil and his wife for having me here. It's an honor and a privilege. My first time in Michigan and um, enjoying God's country. God's country. <clears throat> enjoying my stay here. and I'm excited about what God is doing in this fellowship and have some things that I want to share on my heart uh, tonight, but just just again, I just want to give out some free product. Really don't fancy myself as a salesman, uh, but product has changed my life. Resources, investing in books and CDs and tapes has really helped to mature my walk with the Lord. And I would just encourage you, if you have time, to check out uh, the back table. Uh, I believe that you'll be blessed. There are several different things on the back table series that I've brought here that have really impacted many people. This one is called Discipline, the love of the Heavenly Father revealed. And this was from a word that the Lord spoke to me that He's positioning the bride of Christ to a place in this hour where she can receive His correction without interpreting it as rejection. A lot of people have a hard time receiving the correction of the Lord, the discipline of God because they think that he's pushing them away when he's actually drawing them in. And I'll tell you, just in the younger generation, this message is not popular. But I've seen it. It's a two-CD set. I've seen this series really bring a lot of healing and restoration to people that have grown up under legalistic teaching. Maybe that had a father that was an abuser. There's a lot of healing involved in this. Who can I give this to tonight? Right here. God bless you. Welcome. This uh, series here, this is called The Gospel of Grace, Romans chapter 6. I love the back here. It says, conversion means death, not just the decision for Jesus, but death with Jesus. One great problem in the church today is that we do not grasp the magnitude, depth, wonder, and miracle of what happens at genuine conversion And I've literally had so many testimonies of people bound in cycles of sin, addiction. This two-part series will awaken you to what actually happened when you said yes to Jesus and the power and authority that you've been given by the blood over sin. Who can I give this to? Right here, purple shirt. God bless you. Now, don't let this title scare you. This is called revival culture. Okay, I know revival is one of those words that God is wanting to redeem in a lot of places. This is a seven CD series. I went through a period of prayer and fasting as I taught through this series. And it says, the exaltation of Jesus Christ is the heartbeat of revival. Revival is not just simply an event or series of extended meetings. Revival is a lifestyle. We are called as believers to not only pray for citywide revival and awakening, but to actually be revival everywhere that we go. A lot of people understand kind of revival and the move of the Spirit inside the four walls of a church, but what about when you go to work? 
Who wants to be used of God at your... Oh, we got a lot of hands. Revival. Ah. <laughs> there was a, the last church I was at, there was such a precious older man that, that drove me around. He was kind of my chauffeur. And I gave him this as free, you know, getting on the airplane. And, and he texted me this week and he said, I've been so nauseated listening to revival culture because everything in my life has to change. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this guy back here. Come on. Come, come, come get it. Come on. You're, you're young. Come on, run on down here. Feel free to check that out in the back. Very practical. will really help you. And then finally, this is called the Samuel Company. And I'm going to be talking about this tonight. This is a strong burden that I have for even this fellowship. Um, the Samuel Company is a prophetic school that I teach all over the world. Um, some churches have me in and I'll teach 10 to 12 hours of prophetic training. Um, some churches choose to use this as their curriculum. But I have a prophetic school that meets. This is a workbook. Fill in the blank. You can use it as a devotional series. And there's about 12 hours of teaching on the prophetic ministry, which we're going to get into tonight. So if you're interested in prophetic training, I want to strongly, strongly encourage you to go to the back table. One of the number one problems in the prophetic movement, quite frankly, is no one has any training. Just very simply put, uh, the reason why most people are afraid of the prophetic is because we don't have any training. We're not walking in a biblical manner. So I just I, I teach prophetic people literally all over the world. There's been thousands of people that have been through this school I've worked with so many different ministers, pastors, prophetic, intercessory people, and this stuff is so needed. Who can I bless this? Okay, right here. Yep. And of course, be sure to check out that book in the back if you're interested in world events. Well, if you will, we just go to the Lord in, in prayer with me. And I just want to talk about, if I had a title for this night's message it would be called walking in the spirit of prophecy father we just thank you lord for each and every heart that's represented here lord even for the young children that are here tonight lord we know that you called samuel as a young boy josiah was eight years old lord evan roberts led the welsh revival at 26 years old lord we know david brainer's ministry was over at 29 God, I believe that you're moving in this generation. Lord, you're touching young and old. Lord, you're releasing fire on the inside of us. God, I pray that you would receive the full reward of your suffering. Lord Jesus, everything that you died for, that you paid for, pray that it would be released into our lives. Anoint our ears, anoint our eyes to hear, to see what the Spirit is saying. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. If you could turn to 1 Samuel chapter 3 with me, <clears throat> I just want to take you on a journey kind of into my life. I hope that this is personal. I hope that this is encouraging. I hope that this brings healing. Many of the places that I travel to, quite frankly, the word prophecy scares people. They kind of look at you weird, okay? I'm not a big... Um, term guy 
It doesn't really matter whether you want to call them the mailman, you know, whether you want to call them the messenger, whether that you want to call them a prophetic messenger. I don't really try to get into to too much of, of titles. But what I do want to communicate to you tonight is that God is really after redeeming and restoring those that have been hurt by the prophetic ministry. God is after healing. God is after releasing restoration. I know some people that when you say prophetic, they run as far away as possible. I know many ministers, many, many people that are totally offended. They're, they're shut down. They had a bad experience. There was someone that was a loose cannon. There was someone that, in, in, in my opinion, didn't have training in the prophetic. And as I share tonight, my prayer is that you, would, you wouldn't do two things. As I share these testimonies tonight, I pray that you would not put me on a pedestal that only Jesus Christ deserves. I'm going to tell you a lot of testimonies and you're going to look at me like I'm crazy. And the tendency is to, oh, let's worship Jeremiah. Let's, let's, let's look at the man of God. I, I pray that every testimony, every story that I share with you would give Jesus Christ the credit. And then secondly, I pray that you wouldn't say, well, that can only work in that guy's life. If I could communicate to you a word of wisdom, it's this. There's a difference between loving prophecy and honoring the gift of prophecy and then actually becoming a prophetic community. There's a difference for, from having a love and an honor for prophecy and actually becoming a people that prophesy. And my goal tonight would to be helps would, would to be to help some that just have a love, they have a fascination, they have an interest, and actually getting you to believe that maybe some of us in this room are called to the prophetic ministry and are called to release the word of the Lord. Let's look at first Samuel three. I want to begin reading in verse one. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord before Eli. And word from the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were infrequent. And it happened at that place as Eli was lying down in his place. Now his eyesight had begun to grow dim and he could not see well. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. That the Lord called Samuel and he said, here I am. Then he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you, lie down again. So he went and laid down. Verse 6, And the Lord called yet again Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he answered, I did not call my son, lie down again. If you're taking notes, you have a highlighter, a pen, I would suggest you underline verse 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor had the word of the Lord yet been revealed to him. So the Lord called Samuel again for the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli discerned that the Lord was calling the boy. And Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be as if he calls you, that you shall say, Speak, Lord, 
for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. I believe many of us can relate to the life of Samuel. I know as I begin to talk about my life, probably the character that makes the most sense to me in the scripture who I feel very drawn to, of course, outside of the Lord Jesus, is the life of Samuel. How was it that you had a boy here who was found ministering to the Lord? You had a boy here who was literally sleeping next to the Ark of the Covenant, the very presence of God. And then it says in verse 7, Samuel did not know the Lord The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. I believe we are living in a generation where so many people walk in the doors of the church. They throw in their tithe. They're a good mother. They're a good father. But they have not truly encountered the Lord in an experiential way because they've never heard his voice. Now, I don't want to limit the voice of God to some audible thing. God can speak to people through many different ways. But I love these translations. The NLT says about verse 7, Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. The message translation says, This all happened before Samuel knew God for himself. It was before the revelation of God had been given to him personally. There's a difference between knowing about God and knowing God. And I believe there's a generation of Samuels in the church. They attend service. They do the right thing but they don't really know the Lord in an experiential way because their ears and their eyes have never been opened. Some of us are, we're close. We're hearing this and we're sensing that. I I talked with a a woman, 85 years old the other day, a, a good Baptist lady. She said, tell me about prophecy, Jeremiah. They don't talk about that at my church. Let's talk to this lady for five minutes. She said, oh, I've been doing that my entire life. We just don't call it that. Again, I want to challenge you to try to get over prophecy, prophesy, prophet, all this stuff that just scares people to death. Just simply talk about having a relationship with the Holy Spirit Where John 16 says that he will not only disclose himself to us, but he will disclose what is to come. He's raising up a generation of Samuels, young adults, older folks. Says here, Eli commanded him when the Lord spoke to him to say, speak, Lord. For your servant is listening. I don't know if any of you know this, but the Hebrew word for listen, it can literally be translated to listen with the intent of obeying. A lot of people tell me, 
I just can't hear the Lord. You know what my response a lot of times is? Maybe you have no intention of obeying what he speaks. See, because God is not only looking for a people that have an ear inclined toward his voice, but he's also looking for a people that when he speaks, they will radically obey. You know, you're praying and the Lord says it and you're like, Oh God, something else. That was the voice of the accuser. That was just me. That was just... Speak, Lord, for your search. Do you know what the Lord is about to tell Samuel about Eli and his sons? This isn't just some, you know, just calm, nice, positive message... Samuel is about to say, Lord, I'm listening with the intention of obeying even when I'm about to tell Eli that him and his sons are about to be dethroned. I believe that there could be people in this room that are like Samuel here, that have been in the church, that have been around things, but the Lord would say, they don't know me. And again, please don't hear this as condemning. Really, it's an invitation to know God in a deeper way. But maybe we haven't heard a message yet. Maybe we haven't had an encounter. And maybe you wanting the more. Maybe you praying the prayer of Jabez. Is for us to come up and fill up this altar. And begin to have an experience with the voice of God like never before. Can you say amen? Walking in the spirit of prophecy. I want to do a little teaching tonight on prophecy. I've noticed over the years as I've been teaching that many people limit prophecy to prophecy. And I'm going to tell you that I believe there are four different components that make up prophetic ministry. So if you'll turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I want to show you according to the scriptures where I'm I'm teaching and preaching from tonight, again, to help give some of us an understanding. How many people are unfamiliar with prophecy? How many people have never had thorough training in prophecy? Raise your hand. Okay, great. So I'm going to say 95% of the people here, and what I'm going to share tonight is in the prophetic school. Okay, this is one of the sessions that I do with people. But I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians 12. You with me tonight? 1 Corinthians 12, and we're going to begin reading about the gifts of the Spirit. I want to begin reading in verse 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, and to another the effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another the distinguishing of spirits, and to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. I believe that the prophetic ministry is made up of four of these gifts. So if you're taking notes, number one is the words of wisdom. Number two is the words of knowledge. 
Number three is the actual gift of prophecy. And number four is the distinguishing of spirits. Again, I believe that the prophetic ministry is made up of these four gifts of the Holy Spirit working together to bring people to the knowledge of the saving grace of Jesus Christ. I want to be very clear with you. I'm not just into prophesying for prophesying's sake. That seems too self-centered to me. My personal prayer when I get up and I prophesy to people is simply this. Father, glorify the name of your son Jesus so that they might know that you are real. This isn't a show. This isn't a performance. This isn't for money. I think that there has been so much contamination, there has been so much pollution in the prophetic movement, and quite frankly, again, it's the reason why many people are not open to the prophetic, because of the abuses, because of the misuses. So when we're talking about the prophetic tonight, again, I believe that the Lord wants to release a realm of healing, but He wants to root us and ground us in the Word. So we have words of wisdom, words of knowledge, the gift of prophecy, and then the distinguishing of spirits. Now, I'm a big Bible guy, okay? One of my um, confrontations that I have in the prophetic movement most of the conferences that I speak at are prophetic conferences. And one of the, the confrontations that I have is that the prophetic movement right now on the earth is not word-based. Okay? The Bible governs my life, not prophetic words. Any prophetic word that I get has to line up with the Bible. And if it doesn't line up with the Bible, I'm throwing it out. So you always have two camps. You have your Bible camp who throws away prophecy, and then you have your prophecy camp who doesn't live their life founded upon the Word of God. And I want to tell you it's both and. But our life has to be founded upon the written word of God and any spoken word of God is subject to the written word of God. Do you hear me tonight? Okay, we need the prophetic movement to get rooted and grounded in the Bible. Part of my personal prophetic training is I grew up around a father who would never let me prophesy unless I could back it up with the scripture. So I had to know the word. I had to know what the word said. I began to prophesy the word over people. It was amazing. I remember when the Lord began to, to use me prophetically, I would prophesy over people the very scriptures that they read that morning. I remember praying for a Baptist pastor, 10,000 member church, and the Lord began to give me a word for him, but he said two things. Do not pray in tongues over him. And number two, you can just prophesy the scriptures over him. I said, okay. <clears throat> Walked up to him, introduced myself. I began to prophesy. And again, he wouldn't have called it prophecy. But I began to prophesy literally his entire sermon series that year. And he totally received it and said, brother, this seems like prophecy. I don't believe in that. And I said, I don't know, you, you tell me. 
But we've got to get founded upon the word. So even in talking about words of wisdom, well, where is that in the Bible? Show me a scripture where someone is operating in a word of wisdom. Praise God, I can give you one. It's great to say, say to prophetic people, where's that in the Bible? Okay, let's turn to Acts 27. Paul flowed in a word of wisdom. I believe that as I just share this with you, if you're looking for a definition for a word of wisdom, here's what I teach. It's direction. It's insight. It's understanding into situations and circumstances and events revealed by the Spirit of God. What is a word of wisdom? It's direction. It's insight. It's understanding into situations and circumstances and events revealed by the Holy Spirit. So Acts chapter 27, Paul is sailing to Rome. He's on a ship. And if you look at verse 9, it says, And when considerable time had passed, and the voyage was now dangerous, since even the fast was already over, Paul began to admonish them. Men... I perceive that the voyage will certainly be attended with damage and great loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. I believe Paul, by the Spirit, is receiving a word of wisdom. He's receiving insight. He's receiving direction by the Spirit of God. And he's telling these men, if we set sail out into the, the depths, we're, there's going to be a crisis. There's going to be danger. And look at this, verse 11, But the centurion was more persuaded by the pilot and the captain of the ship than by what was being said by Paul. And because the harbor was not suitable for wintering, the majority reached a decision to put out to sea from there. Guess what's going to happen? Shipwreck. Paul even, if you, if you follow out the story, he continues to operate in a type of prophetic gift. He gives them instruction. He gives them wisdom and even to, in order to save their lives. But I believe that there's a gift of wisdom. There's a word of wisdom that is part of the prophetic gifting that God releases to the body of Christ to assist them on their journey to know the Lord. I'm going to share some testimonies tonight of times that the Lord has used me personally in words of wisdom Several years ago, I'm a dreamer. I dream about every night, not pizza dreams. God speaks to me in my dreams personally. I can, I can just attest to you to that every major move that we've, we've had to make in the church in Lakeland where I pastor has all come through prophetic dreams. The Lord constantly speaks to me about people. If you read the book in the back, he, he speaks to me about Syria. He speaks to me about Egypt. He's spoken to me about Israel. Lots of things. And I had a dream several years ago where I met a man in a dream named Steve Allen. And the Lord showed me that he was a businessman and that his company was about to go through great financial struggle. And the Lord wanted to release a word of wisdom to Steve Allen to hold on to the promises of God and that God himself would save his company. I received this message in the dream. 
And I wake up probably like everybody else, and I'm like, I don't know a Steve Allen. I've never heard of Steve Allen. It's one of those first names, first and last names. I don't know a Steve Allen, but I said to the Lord, if I meet Steve Allen, I'll tell him. (laughs) Several weeks later, I was up at a prophetic conference in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. I'm sitting in the back row just like this. We're all wearing name tags, and I kid you not, the last day of the conference, a guy with the name tag, Steve Allen, sat right down next to me. And I can, I can tell you some of these stories that I'm going to share tonight, they're very supernatural, but even I myself am still amazed to this day. I'm sitting looking at this guy's name tag like, wow. But the message wasn't like nice, right? It was... Hey, Steve Allen, your business is about to go through financial struggle, but God wants you to know that he himself is going to save it, so hold on. I got up the courage as the meeting ended and delivered this message to this guy, and he looked at me like I was nuts. I don't even think he really received it. And I walked off, I got on the plane. Three years later, telling you, none of the stuff that I'm going to tell you tonight is fabricated, manufactured, exaggerated. Three years later, I'm walking in the same conference, but three years down the road. And I'm walking in, and I'm in the cafe grabbing a cup of coffee, and I hear, Jeremiah Johnson! Jeremiah Johnson! And I turn around, and guess who it is? Steve Allen. And he said, brother, let me buy you a cup of coffee. Sit down with this guy He says, man, let me tell you something. When you gave me that word, things were going great. He said, it was so hard to believe that my business was going to crumble, but God himself would save it. And he said, a month after you gave me that word, the economy shifted. And he said, I had to let go of 16 of my employees. And it was your word. He said, I was ready to quit the company and move on. He said, it was your words of wisdom that God was going to save the company that helped me to to hold on. And he said, I'm telling you, just last week, three years later from this point, I not only hired those guys back, but I hired 16 more. No no glory, no credit to me. But God released a word of wisdom to a man to help him navigate his journey. I'll tell you another word of wisdom that I got. Down in Lakeland, when I was a college student, there was a BP gas station. Okay, the Lord just has used me in unusual ways. There was a BP gas station on Bartow 98, this road, and it was always empty. It was in business, but no one was ever there. And every time I passed by that BP gas station, I just got a burden for it. And what I mean by that is there was just something that came over my soul that I I just... So one day I said, Lord, fine, are you trying to... What? What? Tired of just having a great day and passing this darn gas station and just like feeling sad. Pulled up to this BP gas station. I walked in. It's a Christian woman that owned the gas station. And I said, how's it going in here? She said, terrible. 
So we're about to lose everything. And I said, you know what, I'm going to pray for you. I began to pray with this woman, and the Lord showed me another gas station that would be offered to her, just supernaturally, and that she was to take the gas station because the Lord was going to give her a way out of her situation. I prayed with her. I walked out the door. A year later, I meet this same woman in a grocery store. She said, hey, you're that guy. I said, what are you talking about? I have people all over the country that said, do you remember when you gave me that word? And I'm like, no, I don't. Because I've probably given 10,000 words since then. And she said, hey, you're that guy. And I said, what are you talking about? She said, you know, you walked into my gas station and you told me that another gas station was going to come about. And she said, one week from the time you spoke that to me, someone came in and offered me another gas station, but I didn't believe you. And she said, I just filed bankruptcy and have nothing. And it immediately reminded me of this text when Paul's trying to tell them, hey, if you board this ship, it's going to sink. They didn't believe him. This poor woman. But I believe that there are people in this room, the, the word of wisdom. Maybe something is, you, you've had a business decision. You've had something come up and there's just insight, there's direction. Something supernatural from the spirit. This is part of the prophetic gift. Secondly, words of knowledge. Turn to John chapter 4. Now the word of knowledge is probably a, a, the prophetic component that I personally move in the most. John chapter 4 I love John chapter 4 here, Jesus with the woman at the well, because he releases a word of knowledge to her that not only saves her, but it saves almost her entire town. Do you guys remember this story? There's a woman at the well. Maybe we'll just skim through it. This, Jesus is talking to this woman, and um, let, let's look in verse 15. This is so funny. Jesus is a funny guy. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I will not be thirsty nor come all the way here to draw. He said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. Talk about a setup. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband. For you have five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband this you have said truly. What does she say to him immediately? Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet and I cannot fool you. My definition for a word of knowledge is this. It's events. It's dates. It's times. It's details about people's lives that are mysterious or secrets unless the Holy Spirit reveals it to us events dates times details about people's lives that are mysterious or secrets unless the holy spirit reveals it to us look at verse 39 and from that city many of the samaritans believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified he told me all the things that i have done 
So when the Samaritans came to him, they were asking him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. And they were saying to the woman, It is no longer because of what you believe, for we have heard for ourselves and know that this one is indeed the Savior of the world. This is amazing to me. Just the fact that Jesus knew by the Spirit that she had not one but five husbands so shook her up that she ran back to her hometown and began to tell people, there's this guy that told me everything. And when they came to met the person of Jesus, they not only believed her testimony, they encountered him and believed for themselves. One of the things, one of the pursuits that I'm on personally in my walk with Christ is to not only learn and understand the movement of the Holy Spirit inside the walls of a church, but what does it look like to carry the Spirit of God with me everywhere that I go? I call it taking the secret place to the marketplace. What does it look like? And again, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to simplify things and trying to take the weird mystery, mystical realm out of all this stuff. And I'm telling you, God can use you in the very things that we're talking about tonight. I'll tell you three testimonies just this week of God using me in words of knowledge. On Wednesday of this past week, I was at the gym, and I got into the sauna. To the, to the left of me, there was a guy, he probably weighed about 100 pounds, and he looked about as depressed and sickly as you could look. And the Lord began to speak to me. And, and one of the things you have to understand about me personally is I'm always asking God about people. I go to a restaurant. I ask God, what's your heart for this woman? I go to the store and I ask the Lord, what's up with this woman pushing the cart? Constantly interacting with the Holy Spirit. Constantly asking Him and fellowshipping with Him and abiding in His Spirit. And I'm in the sauna, it's 120 degrees, I'm with this little guy. And the Lord begins to give me a word of knowledge that his back is fractured. And I just strike up a conversation, I say, hey bro, what's wrong with your back? He said, man, I threw out three discs back here. He said, I'm in therapy five days a week. I can hardly move. And I said, Jesus Christ is going to heal you right now. See, because the Lord gave me a word of knowledge about his back, which produced the faith to lay hands, and I knew that the Lord was going to touch him right then and there. I'm not even kidding you. I, literally, this guy is in his drawers, his underwear. I reach over and lay hands on this guy. And I, don't, and I don't do this very often, but I felt that I was supposed to pray in tongues over him. Just picture this. I'm like, I'm just waiting for somebody to walk in like, what in the world? 
In the name of Jesus, back be healed. I command all afflicting spirits, every spirit of infirmity to leave your body in Jesus' name. The fire of God hits this guy's back. He immediately gets healed, and then the Lord starts speaking to me about his life. I'm I'm serious. By the time the Lord got done with this little guy, he was bawling his eyes out encountering Jesus Christ. Just on Wednesday, literally just on Wednesday, on Monday I got my oil changed, took, took my mother-in-law's car up there, and it's early in the morning, there's a 10-minute express oil lube. I didn't really want to talk to anybody, so I went and sat on a bench outside. I'm sitting there just drinking my coffee, a woman sits down right next to me, and I'm like, Lord, Really? Lord just begins to speak to me about her son. Just just begin to ask. Just have a conversation with the woman. Hey, tell me about your son. Just begins to tell me about her son. And I just begin to minister to her the compassion, the mercy of God. And literally she had that makeup that was caked on her face. It was washing down her cheeks. She's just bawling her eyes out as I'm just ministering to this woman through a word of knowledge about her son. And she's just sitting here, just like you are tonight, just being, just being connected to the faithfulness of God. I've been helping to, to steward a revival up in Edmonton, Canada. I leave for there on Wednesday, and they're seeing so many physical healings. They're, we're seeing mass salvations. God's just beginning to sweep through there. But one of the things that I knew that God, I, I was sure that God was going to move there because of what happened. I was sitting on the plane in Denver, Colorado, getting ready to take off to Edmonton. And there was probably 40 people in a plane that sat about 150. There was hardly anybody in there. And the plane, the door shut, and there was nobody in my row. I said, hallelujah. And I just, I sat, sat my head back just to rest. The door was shut. And about five minutes later, I get a tap on my knee that kind of startled me. And there's this guy that's sitting in front of me. And I said, where did you come from? The door was shut. He said, I'm a pilot, and I ran through. And if you know the, the, the rules, they don't open up plane doors. But they opened it up for this guy who was a pilot who had missed two flights this day trying to get back to Edmonton. And he said, the ticket is right next to you. So in my prophetic journey, I've, I've honestly moved past coincidence. By the way, that would be great for some of you to do in all seriousness. And just begin to believe that many things are a divine setup. And I knew immediately, here we go. He sits down by me, and he throws his headphones on, so I said, this should be interesting. I just closed my eyes and just waited upon the Lord, and I said, Father, what about this guy? The Lord gave me a picture of his wife, and I heard the word severe depression. I want you to minister to him. He took off his headphones into the flight. I just struck up a conversation with him. I said, man, how's your wife doing? I I know it might sound like a weird question, but I just get this sense that she's struggling with severe depression. And he said, what? 
I said, I just get this sense that your wife is struggling with severe depression and Jesus wants to heal her. This guy went literally white as a ghost, started tearing up, and he said, how did you know that? I said, there's a God sent his son to die on the cross named Jesus. I can't, I just can't even put into words what it was like. I, 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 no, no, I'm telling you, I'm not lying. I literally got my Bible out of my, my backpack underneath the seat, opened up to the Gospel of John, and literally for the next hour, just read this guy the Gospel narrative. On a plane ride, we're like, whatever, 50,000 feet in the air. And he just says, I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. He said, I want to make him Lord of my life right here. What do I do? <laughs> what, what do I do? He accepts Christ and we begin to, literally this, this new convert of like 30 seconds is agreeing with me in prayer that God would touch his wife. And I gave him my card and I just connected with him. But I just wonder if you here tonight would begin to ask God about people. About three years ago, I don't fly first class. I don't have money. <laughs> I don't know. I booked the back of the plane ride. I was going to a conference. I get up to the counter and the ticket says 1A. I'm like, you got the wrong guy. 1A, like you're talking, I'm going to be like the first seat, like right when, yeah, you've got moved to 1A. And I'm like, here we go, Lord, what is it? <laughs> I was so excited. They give you like the food and the drink, and I'm like, hallelujah. 1A. Guy comes in, sits down next to me. It's the governor of Kansas. I talk about a Holy Spirit encounter. Lord just, just began to speak to me prophetically about his daughters, about his governmental decisions. The Lord has just continued to strategically place me. My life strategically placed me in certain circumstances and situations. I believe all simply because I'm constantly asking, Lord, who, what, when, where, and why? This might stretch you a little bit, and I apologize, not really. I'm telling you, I, I have seen so many salvations from just words of knowledge. Psalm 139, it says, he's intimately acquainted with all our ways. There's just something that happens in the hearts of people when they recognize God knows me. He knows my dreams. He knows my desires. I began to get such a burden and see so much fruit that we began to set up a booth. Okay, now, now, don't get caught up in the words or you'll miss the story called Free Spiritual Readings. Okay, I know. It's like, eh, okay, yes, okay. Okay, just bear with me. We set up on a Christian college campus a booth that said free spiritual readings. Here's the hilarious part. All the Christians walked around the booth and all the people that didn't know the Lord flocked to the booth. It, it just blew my mind. 
And every person that would come up, we were, we were delivering words of prophecy, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, introducing them to the person of Jesus Christ. And one after another, people are just coming in, getting saved, getting delivered. Here's a local church, all this stuff. And meanwhile, all the Christians, all the Christian kids are like, oh my God, there's that Jeremiah Johnson guy again. He's, you know, so weird. And at the end of the event, this woman at the Christian University in charge of the whole event, she said, Jeremiah, there's no way we can invite you back next year. I said, why? I said, why? I said, have you taken an opportunity to sit down at the booth? She said, absolutely not. I said, how about this? I said, how about if you sit down at the booth and you hear from God, and you encounter the Lord, you'll let us come back next year. She said, yeah, sure. Oh, I love this. This is a true story. We sit down with this woman, and the Lord reveals to me that she doesn't even like her job, and that she was called as a missionary at 27 years old. And I'm like, I just asked her, I said, ma'am, you don't even like your job here. She said, what are you talking about? She got all offensive. I said, you're called to be a missionary. And I named the country that she was called to at a missions conference at 27 years old. And she about fell out of her chair. And I said, can we come back next year? She said, absolutely. Is this encouraging to you? Again, I'm not just, it's nothing to do with my, I just pray that you're encouraged. When I was in college, I was in a Red Lobster. I love Red Lobster. We ate there today. Hallelujah. Two thumbs up for cheesy biscuits. There was a, there was a waiter that was walking across the restaurant, long hair, about 6'6". He looked like the undertaker. I mean, a really rough guy. And the Lord just began to speak to me about the relationship that he had with his sister that was broken. And again, I'm probably like you, like, Lord, in a restaurant? Yes, Jeremiah, my glory is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And I'm like looking like, okay, this is going to be interesting. He go goes over the cash register, and I just jumped up. And I said, hey, man, he said, what? I said, man, you're in a broken relationship with your sister. Your heart is broken and God wants you to know that he wants to heal your broken heart. This guy broke down crying. Literally went from a hard look to an instantly, just because of a word of knowledge, the Spirit of the Lord moving through me to this gentleman. He just broke. I said, how did you know that? I said, there's a man named Jesus. He died on the cross for your sins. And he has come tonight to meet you. And he was just, and I said, look, dude, here's my number. If you want more from where that came from, call me. My wife and I were awakened at 1145 at night after a shift, heavy breathing. <sighs> he said, we've got to meet, like now. And I said, well, look, look, man, I'm not meeting you right now, but I'll meet you the next day. So I met this gentleman at a Palace Pizza in downtown Lakeland introduced him to the gospel, and I'll never forget it. He said, man, what you don't understand is I'm a God-hater. He said, I've been blaspheming the name of Christ for years now, and you have turned a hater into a lover. 
But beloved, this stuff is all around us. I mean, does anybody work a job in the secular world? Let me see. Do you know that God wants to use you? Do you know this is not about just some guy from Lakeland telling a bunch of crazy stories? I'm telling you, it's about taking the secret place to the marketplace. This is a John 15 lifestyle of communing and abiding with the Holy Spirit and building relationship with Him and just being an open vessel of what the Holy Spirit might want to communicate with any and everyone that we come into contact with. Beloved, some people are never going to walk into the doors of a church. They ain't going to come a thousand feet from this place, but you might be church to them. I believe so many people are asking God to deliver you from your workplace, and you're the very reason why he sent you there. So words of wisdom, words of knowledge, the third one, the gift of prophecy. Now, I believe the actual gift of prophecy, out of all the prophetic components, because the gift of prophecy has to do with actually predicting the future, I believe this is very rare. It's one of the things why I'm teaching. I don't believe that a lot of people actually operate in the gift of prophecy where they're accurately predicting what's going to come to pass. I believe it's very rare. It's a rare gift that God gives people, but it's one that he's given me over the years. The Lord has used me time and time again to prophesy to people accurately about what will come to pass. I remember ministering uh, to a gentleman, and even this just happened at our church. The Lord woke me up on October 1st, this month, and he said to me, Jeremiah, this month is going to be an unusual month, and I'm going to release exponential increase financially to the business people at Heart of the Father Ministry. And I'm like, okay. So we're in church service, and he speaks it to me one time, and I'm like, no. He speaks it to me a second time, and I'm like, okay. Every business owner at Heart of the Father Ministry in Lakeland, I want you to stand up. The Lord has a a word of prophecy for you. I'll begin to prophesy to them about what happens. Three days ago, before I came here, I got a call from one of our business owners. He said, I've been praying about how to partner with your word of prophecy about this month being an exponential increase month. He said a job just came open. This is, this is incredible. He said, I just didn't bid how I normally bid. I bid the highest I've ever bid wanting exponential increase, and they took it. He said, I just landed the biggest job I've ever had in eight years of being a business owner. I remember there was a gentleman that I ministered to several years ago. The Lord said to me, within 90 days, I'm going to turn around your situation and you're going to go from being in the hole to being multiplied three times over. At the end of 90 days, he came to me and he said, I went from $120,000 in the hole to over a half a million dollars in profit. You know what he said to me? How much of it do you want? So many tests that come in the prophetic. And I have an opportunity there that I refuse to take. 
It's not that I don't think it's wise to sow into prophetic ministers because I think that it is. I've seen many people blessed way beyond their wildest imaginations because of it. But there was an opportunity there, I really believe, to dilute and pollute the prophetic ministry that God has given me. And I see, he gave me the amount, and I said, I'm going to give it all away. Oh, yes, we had needs. Yes, we had all this stuff, but the Lord said, just release it to me. People thought I was crazy. I just started giving away fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars 70000 God will bring it back. I believe one of the reasons why the prophetic ministry is such a sham in America is because it's all about money. I've got friends in the prophetic ministry. I've got a, a guy, he's not a close friend, but he literally brings a credit card machine with him. And he'll invite people down, and then they've got to give a certain amount in order to prophesy to them. People, people have turned the prophetic ministry, and, and, and the crazy thing, I always say, what's worse, the guy or the people that are deceived? There, there, there's, more, there's so much deception going on. And then the fourth and finally, distinguishing of spirits. If you need a scripture for the gift of prophecy, Acts 11. You have Agabus who prophesies about a coming famine. And then lastly, discernment or the distinguishing of spirits, Acts 16, 16 through 18. There's a slave girl that's following Paul. These men are servants of the Most High God. Everyone's like, hallelujah. And Paul turns around and says, away from me, Satan. Paul wasn't fooled. He moved in a gift of distinguishing of spirits. He knew what was from the Spirit of God and what wasn't. I remember being at Southeastern, I just began to give myself in Bible college to just seasons late at night with the Lord, just training my ear how to hear the voice of God. And I would shut off everything and just sit in silence for hours, just listening for the voice. And the Lord gave me a picture of the dock at Lake Hollingsworth. I know you guys know where that's at. And the Lord said, I want you to go there. There's an encounter that I have for you. It was St. Patrick's Day. A lot of people get drunk on St. Patrick's Day. I walk out to the lake. I open up my Bible. I'm sitting on this dock. And I open up to Hebrews 4. The word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. And I kid you not, a woman out of nowhere sits down right next to me. Freaked me out. And it was one of those, I didn't even ask why she was there. I said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of her. She began to vomit violently. Black stuff. I mean, just, I'm... I'm one of the weirdest things I've ever done. This strange lady, I'm holding her head up, her hair, and she is vomiting into the lake. And I'm saying the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates mind and soul, body and spirit. Just, just praying in the spirit over this woman. Lord, it just orchestrated something just like that. I, I, we were just in Gainesville, Florida last month on the University of Florida's campus. The church that I was ministering at was probably a few miles away. A lot of college students there. I'm going to tell you, I saw more demonic manifestations in college students than I've ever seen before. 
I took a guy with me. I said, listen, I travel all over. We've seen more demonic manifestations among college students than I see normally in a year. We're ministering a, a guy down at the altar, college student. And one of the things that I've learned about demons is they'll never look you in the eye. You can be ministering to them and they'll, they'll put their head down. They'll look to the left or to the right. And I told this guy, look me in the eyes. And immediately, I, don't, I hope I'm not freaking anybody out. But, but immediately they just, they give you that look where the eyes go big. The, there's that dark thing. They begin to engage you. And I said, in the name of Jesus, come out of him. And he began to get violent. I had the, my guy that was with me literally like, Put him in a, a hold like this where he wasn't. And he was the gnashing of teeth, the growling. And they said to me, we know who you are. And I said, but I know who Jesus is. We commanded, we commanded the demon. I mean, you're talking about, I mean, just, I don't know if you've ever been around this type of stuff. But I mean, this was the complete, seen this before. I mean, no, no control of the body. We cast that demon out of him, and he got completely set free. But I'm going to tell you, I believe more and more we're going to see more demonic manifestations. And I believe one of the premier marks of messengers of God is them moving in deliverance ministry. Because I, I, I've been hearing about churches, people manifesting demons, and no one knows what to do. Part of the prophetic ministry, it's discerning. How many people you just, you know something is wrong with a person? Again, if I had more time to teach, I would encourage us, be careful that it's not judgmental. A lot of us think things about people and it's really just our flesh. But there's discernment, distinguishing of spirits. There's words of wisdom. There's words of knowledge. There's a gift of prophecy that make up the prophetic component. As I just close tonight and I begin to minister to some of us in this room, I warned you about two things tonight. Number one, don't put me on a pedestal. I'll count this night as a failure if you just look at me and say, well, that guy can do that, I can't. I believe that God wants to activate and he wants to awaken prophetic gifts in this room. I, I teach, I go to churches and teach altar workers. I teach, and, and I, I constantly tell people, it's the difference between just saying, Lord bless them, hallelujah, to more effective ministry where we actually ask the Holy Spirit how he wants to minister to this person. And I have seen across America so much breakthrough, so much powerful ministry if people will just wait and connect with the Lord. Say, Holy Spirit, what is it? Holy Spirit, what does this person need? Holy Spirit, just connect with him. Commune with him. This stuff isn't some far thing out there, but I do want to just communicate this to you. Are there Samuels here this, this night? Are there people in this room that have been walking in the church? Are there people in this room that have been around the presence of God, but you don't really know the Lord yet because you haven't received a message? I'm going to pray tonight for you that if you want more of God, 
If you want to see God move in your workplace, if you want to see God use you prophetically, if you want to order your life founded upon the word of God, beloved, I can't tell you enough how valuable prophetic training is. Connecting, communing with the Lord. I just I have a burden for this congregation that you wouldn't just honor and love prophecy, but that you would become a prophetic community. That you would be a people that would hear and see what the Holy Spirit is saying and releasing in this hour. There's so much more. Remember for years just praying for people and sure it was a good prayer, but I knew God had more for them. I knew that people that came depressed didn't leave Jesus depressed. I knew people that came to Jesus bound and broken hearted, they didn't leave bound and broken hearted. Maybe the lack wasn't on his end, it was on mine. Maybe I just needed a little help asking the Holy Spirit on all occasions. You know, it's, it's funny in Lakeland, we, we take teams out all the time. I take moms with seven kids to the grocery store. We go to the local Walmarts. Mom with seven kids, she'll grab a grocery cart and I'll say, now Diane, this is what I want you to do. You're going to go in the, go in the, and she had to shop, you're going to go in the frozen food section and I just want you to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I just want you to love on him. I just want you to welcome him. And as you push your little cart next to the ladies, I just want you to begin to ask the Holy Spirit if he has anything to say to any of these women. This little old lady, like five, four, seven kids, just pushing it, just fellowshipping with the Lord. Of course, I'm the guy like with another guy trying to lay hands on people in motorized scooters in the name of Jesus. Okay, we're, we're way more. They're like security, aisle four. Okay, I've been kicked out of a lot of places, okay? But I don't care. <laughs> That's for, maybe next time. I could give you the list of Jeremiah Johnson banned. Just pushing her cart, just fellowshipping. I, I, I hope you hear my heart. I, I, wanna, I don't want to say it's that simple, but beloved, there are people everywhere that we go every day that need to know that the Lord cares. Maybe start off praying. Start off asking. God wants to use you tonight. So if you'll pray with me, I just want to pray for you tonight. I want to pray that God would awaken, that God would activate. Believe that there are dormant prophetic gifts in this church that God wants to awaken. I believe that God wants to enhance some of the ministry that is taking place here. Believe that there are Samuels here that just don't know the Lord like he wants you to know him because you haven't been in tune with his voice. If that's you and you'll know, I just want you to stand to your feet right where you're at. Some of us have heard tonight and said, no thank you. Some of us have heard tonight and said, that's what I've been looking for. Anybody else? 
you want to stand in belief, God, that he wants to open up your ears. He wants to use you. If you're ready, I just want you to stand. Don't worry, I don't have a credit card machine. <laughs> Hallelujah. Beloved, I'm just, personally, I'm, I'm enjoying pastoring a church and seeing people be used by God. The testimonies are unbelievable. Unbelievable. I pray that even as you leave tonight, this week would be one of the most incredible weeks you've ever had. Holy Spirit, we ask right now. All over this room, God, that you would awaken and you would activate the gift of prophecy. Father, we pray, Lord, for words of knowledge and words of wisdom and distinguishing of spirits to be our portion. God, we pray that you would enhance it in the name of Jesus, that you would bring increase, God. Lord, I thank you for the prophetic voices in this room. God, I ask for more. Lord, that you would increase the prophetic ministry upon how. God, that you would anoint him, God, for such a time as this. I see you stepping into a new anointing for a new season. The Lord says, even as I'm taking this church into a new season... So you will move into a new season. And even as many know you as faithful, they know you as stable, they know you as steady. So I, I have found you stable. I have found you steady. I have found you faithful. You are a safe place for my word. A safe place for my word. And out of your belly will flow my words. And I will release rivers of living water from your innermost being that will be like water to dry hearts. And I see you receiving prophetic messages, messages in the months and years to come. And you are going to release timely words in this house. And many will be refreshed. And know that many have wanted the position that I've given you here. Many have desired to assist. Many have desired to be an anchor for Pastor Phil. But know that I've called you here for such a time as this. And I literally see the Lord anointing the word and the spirit here. He's anointing the word in the spirit. The Lord has, has literally blessed this house. Filled with the word and how with the spirit. There's a mighty, mighty blessing. There's a healthiness. There's a wholeness. There's something that God deeply desires. I just hear the spirit of the Lord saying the word in the spirit will flow from this place. And many in this region will be healed. Many will be ministered to prophetically in a way that grounds them in the word. 
Father, we pray for more. God, I pray for an increase of the gifts of prophecy upon my brother. God, I thank you that you're enhancing his ministry to the next generation. God, I thank you for the penetrating power that you're going to release upon him. God, we pray for courage and boldness. I hear the Lord saying that I've called you to a generation of lost boys. And you're going to impart destiny and manhood to them. Lord, release prophetic sight even as he reads the word. I just felt like the Lord is saying, I'm going to release the gifts even as you spend time in my word. I'm going to enhance your vision. I see the Lord saying that you've been ministering to the next generation and it's penetrating their heart, but there's more, son. There's more, son. There's more, son. All over this house tonight, just ask the Holy Spirit to visit you right now. He's releasing gifts from on high tonight. He's showing you people that you need to minister to. Fire, Lord. Fire. Just focus on you tonight. Just block everything out. God, we pray for more tonight. Holy Spirit is moving here tonight. More, Lord. Lord, in every workplace, God, we ask for an open heaven. God, we ask that you would pour out your spirit upon our employers. God, we pray that their household would be saved, God. That you would not just move in the churches, but that you would move in the workplace. Lord, activate your saints tonight. Empower us, God. We've got to stop sitting in the pews. We've got to be empowered. The Lord says, you've been maintained, but I'm mobilizing you now. I'm mobilizing an army in this region. That will release and demonstrate my kingdom. That will preach the gospel. That will bind up the broken hearted. He's mobilizing this region. Holy Spirit come tonight God. Increase your presence all over this place. Just take a second and just ask him. Lord, release divine appointments tonight, God. Lord, orchestrate series of events. God, I pray for favor upon this house. God, I pray for favor, even for the finances. That there'd be unusual encounters that would take place that would bring forth the harvest. I've been praying for my city, Lakeland. Praying that God would help us to win the city. This is what God spoke to me. Jeremiah, the most anointed people in Lakeland are living in darkness right now. 
What if there are gifts in this city? They don't even know him yet. See, Hollywood, they're operating in their giftings. They're just working for the wrong guy. I sat down with a couple millionaires two weeks ago. Said, Jeremiah, let me tell you what God is doing in the marketplace. He said, he's giving millions of dollars away to business people so that they can just finance the kingdom. Ran into these people 65 years old. Instead of going into retirement, they're opening up two new businesses where 100% of the proceeds are going toward the kingdom of God. God, we ask that you would do it. Lord says, I'm going to answer your request. Things that have been locked up, I'm opening them even now. Prophesy a season of new beginnings over you. The old has passed and the new has come. See, I proclaim it in your midst even now, daughter. Even youths grow tired and weary. And young men stumble and fall. But they that hope in the Lord, He will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will walk and not grow weary. They will run and not grow faint. You will not grow faint. And you will not grow weary in the days ahead. you for such a time as this Lord I break off a spirit of despair joy for mourning in the name of Jesus there's been a heaviness upon you that God is lifting off even tonight and he is releasing fresh oxygen from heaven And the Lord says, be careful of of helping others to breathe. Don't forget that you have to breathe. You know me, son, but you will know me more. For know that there is more. And I have been preparing your heart for the more. The Lord says even in your years, you will be a testimony to others in their years that it's time to hunger for more. For you will not settle, says the Lord.
and you will press on and you will leave that which is behind and you will move forward. Even as Paul said, forgetting what's behind, straining forward toward the prize, that will be your testimony. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. More clarity. More direction. Keep walking. Keep walking. Do not fear. I'm anointing you. I'm anointing you to do greater things than these. Lord says, even as you've witnessed my move here and there, I'm increasing the frequency that you'll begin to see me move, even in the workplace. Lord has anointed you for creativity and innovation. He's released an entrepreneurial spirit upon you. You're going to help others dream because you've dared to dream and you've dared to believe. You're going to give others permission to dream and believe. Do not doubt that I'm with you, says the Lord. Do not even doubt that you know my voice, for I am with you, son. Just see you like Gideon. Not sure, but God is saying, I'm with you, mighty warrior. I'm with you, mighty warrior. Yes, the battles are great in the days ahead, but I'm equipping you even now. You're in a season of equipping. Even tonight was about equipping, about awakening. What I'd like to do tonight is just stay in this atmosphere and turn the service over to Pastor Phil so he can take up an offering. And then I'd like to come back up, begin to minister to those of you that can stay. I don't know that I can get to everyone tonight, but I do want to hand it back over to him. And if you've got time and feel free you have to leave, that's fine. But I just wanted to take some extended time tonight to hear from the Lord and minister to some folks. So <clears throat> I just want to encourage you again, if you want more training prophetically, please see the table. can't encourage you enough to get training, equipping in the prophetic. Again, I'm just going to be led by the Spirit of God tonight. Every place I go to, I always get an email about, how dare you, you didn't prophesy to me, I'm sorry. I don't speak to people that God doesn't speak to me about, it's okay. Honestly, I've, I've given a lot of prophetic words to people that go something like, God says, read your Bible. Okay, tough crowd tonight. Okay, God, God doesn't speak to you tonight. Go home, wake up tomorrow, open up the Word of God. He is speaking. He has spoken. Okay? 
God might want to encourage some of us tonight. I'm just going to be led by the Spirit, okay? I'm going to ask the, this guy in the red, your is that wife, yeah, come on up. I just see you guys like a landing pad for the Spirit of God to come rest upon. And Father, I thank you, Lord, for the rooting and grounding in your word. Father, I thank you for the inheritance, Lord, even that this brother is walking in. Lord, being raised and rooted and grounded in the word. And God, I thank you that you're adding to him even tonight more, 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 and more. For know that I've called you like a seer, says the Lord. And I have given you the gift of sight. And I want you to declare that which you see. Even as you minister and you sing, know that I will even open up the spiritual realm and you will declare to the people what I'm doing, even behind the scenes. The Lord says, even know that I'm working behind the scenes, even in the hearts of those that you're praying would receive the more. You guys are such a landing pad for the Spirit of God. There's a firm foundation. And I just see you ministering to an entire generation of people that are afraid of the gifts of the Spirit that are scared to death of the prophetic. And you all are going to lead them by the hand and tell them it's safe. Come. Ma'am, you are very prophetic. You are very prophetic and I speak against every lie that you're not. And we call upon that gift of discernment and intuition that's been operating in you, even from the time you were 12 years old. And the Lord says, my hand has been upon you even since you were a little girl. And I've been protecting the gift inside of you for such a time as this. And I encourage you, says the Lord, to open up your mouth for even as you continue to question whether you've heard from me or not, know that you are hearing from me. You are hearing from me. And Lord, I just pray for dream encounters. See, the Lord has called you both even to be dreamers in the night. And God, we just pray, Lord, that that would increase in the name of Jesus and that you would set them like pillars. Your lives are going to invite people to the more. Yes. You'll not just pray for encounters, you'll be an encounter.
I just free your marriage from all manipulation and control. Your children will know me and they will know the Spirit. And it will not matter what voice tells them this or that. For know that my Spirit is upon them and I will use you both in a mighty way to influence them in the things of the Holy Ghost. They are mine. I've given them to you, but they are mine. And they will be taught by me. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a clap offering tonight. I just want to encourage and bless him. Minister to this couple, purple and Yes, Nicole, you guys just step out right here. Thank you, Jesus. Lord is with you, mighty warrior. I break every lie off of your life that you're unqualified, that you're incompetent. I love you, son. I love you. You are special to me. I have you in mind. You're not my last choice. You're my first choice. I've been struggling with feelings of abandonment, feeling forsaken for many years, and God has come to you as Father. He wants you to know, you are my son. I choose you. I've plucked you from the fire for such a time as this. Know that I'm going to stir the fire inside of you for my word, to disciple other men, to raise them up for such a time as this, says the Lord. To not only lead their own lives in a way that pleases me, but to lead their families' lives in a way that pleases me. God, we pray for more in the name of Jesus for this family. God, we call on every promise that you've given them, and we say yes and amen. May their lives be a testimony, God, and it will be, of what you can do to people and with people that say yes and don't care what it looks like. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. Lord's going to get you over the hump. son just trust me I'm going to provide just trust me I'm going to make a way just trust me 
name of Jesus. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. sheep hear my voice and they know me and you do know me says your God do not question the depth of our relationship for know that you are near and dear to my heart and I have not brought you this far to leave you the way that you are for even in the brokenness even in the tender season that you're in Know that I've come as the great physician to heal you. I have come to heal the brokenhearted. And I'm healing your broken heart even now. It's not your fault. It is not your fault. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Do not receive those accusations. No, no, no. Take captive every thought and make it obedient to me. It's like a a war in your mind that's been taking place. It's like a battle of the mind. The Lord says, renew your mind in order to be transformed. So God, I just pray, you know, the Lord is is really going to place some women around you. It's been a heart's cry for like a sisterhood. The Lord's going to place sisters around you that are going to war. I see the tormentor, spirit of accusation that's been coming against you. And we command that spirit to leave you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering tonight. Guy in the blue right here. Yep. Uh, behind. Yep. Yep. I was at a large meeting one time, and it was the guy in the back, but a guy in front of him stood up too, and they both fell down. <laughs> Do it, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Shandarabo, sandarabaka, bababa, shatarabaka. God is mighty to save. And He has called you to preach the gospel. And He has called you to preach a message of God being mighty to save. Do not run, do not hide. Only yield yourself to me this day. And even as you consider yourself at times slow to speak, 
Know that I'm planting a message inside of you, son. And I'm equipping you for the work of the ministry. Hear the Lord saying that you are my lion heart. That there is courage and boldness about you that he's given you that he loves. But there's also tenderness and compassion that's so powerful. And you will know when to be full of courage. You will know when the people need to be rallied. But you will also know when they're broken hearted and discouraged. And need you to get down on their level. I see training ahead in your future. Some type of education and training that's going to help equip you. Hear the Lord saying equip three times. Equip, equip, equip. It's not what you would have chosen. But if you don't fulfill it, it will haunt you all the days of your life. Ministry is not your first choice. It's not what you would have chosen. But it's what you were created for. So die to yourself and your dreams and your desires. And what you'll find coming up out of the ashes will be a man that is walking in the very purpose in which he was created for, to preach a message of a God that's mighty to save. Yes, the questions will come. On some days, the confusion, it will be near. You'll be wise to surround yourself with fathers, with those that have walked the same path before you, will speak to your fears, your worries will release a spirit of peace upon you that will allow you to walk in your destiny. You're not fulfilling your parents' dreams, son. You're not fulfilling others' dreams, son. You will fulfill my dream that I've had in my heart for you from the very beginning. In the name of Jesus, amen. my son I have not left you as an orphan you are my son and you will know me as Abba Father and you will introduce other men into a revelation of Abba Father that you don't have to work for me you can work from me you don't have to work for love you can work from love I love you son just the way that you are all the quirks all the goofiness the very reason why your your wife loves you so much God loves that about you 
I break every lie off of your life that you were never going to be good enough, that you were destined for failure. Your life is a testimony of the faithfulness of God. Hear the Lord saying, thank you, son. Thank you for trusting me. Thank you for believing in me, even when you couldn't find your way. You have trusted me, and I will reward you for it. Even as many that have gone before you would have already folded and given up, I am going to honor your faithfulness. sitter you will not be a pew sitter you will be a son in the house of God you're not a has been you haven't messed up so bad that you can't recover I am long suffering I am full of patience and kindness says the Lord I've met you again, son, and I'll meet you again. He's stabilizing you right now. No more good seasons and bad seasons, just days of grace. You will not come and go out of this house, but you will stay right put. amazing the Lord just divinely placed you guys together this is amazing so rare something you've believing been believing God for Lord, we release that breakthrough right now, God. Just hear the word multiplication. Lord, I pray that you would bring about all that you've promised. 
Lord, that out of barrenness would come forth life. Thank you for the testimony here, God. Break off every spirit of depression and anxiety and fear that's been passed down from your mother and your grandmother. It's broken in the name of Jesus and you will walk in peace and tranquility all the days of your life. Do not receive their fear. Do not receive their anxiety. Fresh oxygen to you tonight. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Such a sweet presence here tonight. My dad used to have people like this in the church growing up. My heart always used to beat so fast. They'd come down my row. Are they going to pick me? Are they going to pick me? (laughs) God's chosen all of us. He loves each and every one of us. Right here, right now. Here we go. Yep. Oh, yeah, you too. You're both going to get it. Father, we thank you for this season of destiny. Surely they have not even seen the half of it yet. Even as I've blessed you and I've prospered you, know that great days are ahead. And you will walk before me with humility and with the spirit of gladness. For know that the joy that you will carry in the days ahead will be contagious. The joy of the Lord will be your strength. Father, I just thank you for your touch. I thank you for their hunger for your touch. God, I ask that you would pour out your spirit upon them, God, even now that you would anoint them, God, for the greater works. Lord, I pray that you would fill their bellies with your fire, God. Lord, I pray, Lord, that they would even lose sleep at night desiring more. And I just see him just marking you even tonight for the more. He's preparing your hearts Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And you will mark this weekend down as a day of remembrance, and you will never be the same. Some have been touched this weekend, but you guys, you were changed. In the name of Jesus, amen. Right here in the black, yeah. Come. You are a friend of God. You are my friend, says the Lord. 
want you to continue to commune with me, to fellowship with me, and let me restore and let me heal some places inside of your heart that have been trampled upon and broken. Even as others have used you, oftentimes abused the things that God has put inside of you. Like the Lord would just want you to know that He's not after using you in that sense. God's more interested in changing us than using us. I see such an internal heart work that He's doing. And you will speak to the hearts of men. And I just prophesy over you that you're a son of encouragement. Word of God says that they that refresh others themselves will be refreshed. I feel the Lord is saying that refreshing is coming as you reach out and refresh others. And do not be afraid of being rejected. Do not be afraid of being rejected. For know that they are not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. Like the Lord is saying, you've got nothing to lose, just step out. There are hard hearts around you that are waiting to be encouraged. In the name of Jesus, amen. doing a great job back there. Thank you. Jesus. Jesus. Lord, you lead us beside still, quiet waters. You restore, you renew our souls. Jesus. Father, I just prophesy great renewal a renewed mind must accompany renewal God is just coming even tonight and he's refreshing you he's baptizing you afresh he's giving you clarity I just see an attack of the enemy coming in the form of division. It's a plot of the enemy on this house and you will expose it. And you will nip it in the rear end before it manifests. And you are going to be used as a wave of renewal and refreshing like never before and there's a spirit of unity that rests upon you you have the ability to unite hearts together even that the divisiveness of the enemy that wants to sow discord 
believe that the Lord calls you his peacemaker. Not a peacekeeper, but a peacemaker. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, would you anoint our sister tonight to keep the bonds of peace at Lakeside Assembly of God. Lord, that you would anoint her in the name of Jesus with discernment and wisdom from above. We thank you. We bless you, Holy Spirit. see women coming to you that want to potentially divorce their spouse through your counsel you are going to restore them to one another they're going to come to you looking for relief and you're going to bring confrontation from above They would rather rail against their husband and you are going to teach them how to serve their husband. Just, just believe you found, it's like, just see you have like a secret recipe. It's like a unity, it's a serving, it's just diligence, it's just faithfulness. You've just found over the years that much talk leads to foolishness. Much talk leads to discord. I really see you ministering to women that talk too much and don't serve enough. They're ready, it's like to go off on their husband. And you're going to share a message of servanthood carry a Mary of Bethany spirit upon you you found a better way really see the Lord using you with pastors wives in the days ahead young pastors wives teaching them specifically pastors wives that never saw themselves as a pastor's wife they don't know what to do they don't know how to act the part. You're going to minister to them and just feel strongly. I don't know the time frame, but I feel like even in your heart as you've wanted your husband to write a book, know that there's a book inside of you too. It's like a journal. It's a journey with the Lord over many years and through many different seasons. name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Jesus. You can sit. You're good. <laughs> You're a good guy, man. Life of the party. Hallelujah. God, we just, God, I thank you for sending this brother here. 
God, I thank you that he's come to fill a place that many couldn't fill for such a time as this. And son, know that you've been sent here for such a time as this. And though there will be many distractions, know that there will be many seducing, cunning spirits that will try to thwart the steadfastness, the razor-sharp focus. Know that they will not succeed because out of spending time with me, your delight will be in pleasing me. And know that many have gone before you and they've gotten distracted. They've been seduced. That cunning spirit that has drawn them away from razor sharp focus, it will not be so with you. Hear the Lord saying, the most anointed you is you. You will not wear Saul's armor. I've not brought you here to fulfill a former pastor's vision. But I've called you here like David. And I've placed a dream inside of your heart that in the days ahead many will recognize and many will affirm. And even as you're having to kind of curb things and rearrange things, know that even the vision that you're carrying, I want you to hold it near and dear to your heart. Do not wear a religious cloak, for know that I've called you to be a man of relationship and intimacy. And you will call the next generation to a place of deep intimacy. And you might have to be creative on how to allure them in. But you will help the next generation know me even as you know me. Like the Lord just wants me to free you from the false expectation of men. The most anointed you is you. Lord is going to rearrange some things. I see a shift in the spirit. It's going to reorder your priorities. Some things that you've put on the back burner are going to be coming to the front. And some things that you're prioritizing are going to be moved to the shelf. You've got to find where the anointing is. It's key to the livelihood of your ministry. What God is breathing on, do it. Even if it seems out of the box. I, I prophesied to you that if you do ministry according to the box, it will not work and it will be dry. But if you follow the anointing of the Holy Spirit and you teach and train young people to think outside of the box, I'll breathe on it in a mighty way, says your God. Just been something about you all your life that you don't fit into status quo. You've never fit into the mold. There's always been something unusual, always something different about you. 
Many have wanted you to reject it, but God wants you to embrace it. So, Father, we thank you for that. In the name of Jesus, amen. How we doing? Everybody hungry for dinner? I love not knowing anything about anyone. Talk to some of you about those tests. Remember the very first time I ministered like this, the pastor took me in the back room and told me all the biggest givers in the church. Told me if I wanted a good love offering, I should minister to all of them. You know what I did that night? I just picked out who I thought the poorest people were. And she was right. I got no love offering. <laughs> I was doing God's work. <laughs> How about you? Yeah. You've really been through the ringer. You've been tested and tried. You've been wrung out. Even to the point of, of feeling like there's nothing left. And I just prophesy over you that you are right where God wants you. That it's in this season that your weakness is going to become like power in the sight of God. And even wondering how things will work out. There are a few critical decisions that are about to come down that are causing anxiety and worry and fear. The Lord says, don't wait to find my peace till you find out. Find my peace now in the midst of the storm. I'm not only the God of the mountain daughter, I'm the God of the valley. And I will not leave you. And I will not forsake you. I'm invested in your life even more than you know. I'm working behind the scenes to bring about my purposes. Even, even though there are more questions than answers in this season. Keep trusting me. Hear the Lord saying, why is an invalid question that makes many an invalid and do not let the why question cripple you. Seek to move on from that place. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Make that exchange tonight. Lord, I curse migraine headaches. Break off a spirit of a confusion and affliction off of your life. 
any condemnation, we tell it to go in the name of Jesus. You know, the Lord knows the truth. You don't have to defend yourself anymore. God will avenge you. God, I ask that you would silence the liar. Shut his mouth, Lord, like you shut the lion's mouth. And you will be like Daniel. Know you be in the lion's den. The favor of God is protecting you and resting upon you. In the name of Jesus, amen. feel just such such hope and destiny in this church it's been even other churches in this region that have looked down upon this ministry for whatever reason the favor of God is coming to this church and there will be many in the days ahead and even as they've accused and they've ridiculed over the years and the in the years to come they will come to you and they will ask for your help and rather than crush the ones that once ridiculed you you will help them with open arms to even achieve their destiny come right here in the brown yeah they that overcome you are an overcomer while others would have quit they would have imploded internally you've come to me says your God you've poured out your heart and your soul your mind and your emotions to me and it's come up like a fresh offering before me know that I'm releasing a spirit of praise upon you even this night and know that there are deeper realms of my court that I've invited you into Jesus said in my father's house there are many many rooms and I believe inside the father's house inside his heart he has a room just for you something even about you that that you like I just see like little I want to call them gadgets but there are just little little trinkets little things that mean something to you that mean something to God 
And there is a, a type of eccentricness about you that God so enjoys. Just something like spunky, something flavorful. God so enjoys. I hear him saying, I want you to enjoy me as much as I'm enjoying you. This is a season to enjoy me, says your God. You're not in this alone. I will see you through. There is light at the end of the tunnel. And you will move forward with tunnel vision. See the Lord saying, only a little while longer, I'll see you through. Though the days grow weary and the nights grow long, I'll see you through. Though you'll have to hop, skip, and a jump, and dance even at times, know that I'll see you through. guys stand with me tonight just want to bless us as we go if you'd want to follow me my website is unknowndreamerministries.com unknowndreamerministries.com I put out articles and blogs and Ebola and the whole thing Got an article on there called An Armed Church Will Not Be an Alarmed Church. The scriptures give us permission to be alert but not be alarmed. UnknownDreamerMinistries.com You can follow me as I go. Thank you guys so much for having me this weekend. I pray it's been a blessing in some way to you. Let's just pray. Father, I believe that you're just getting started here, God. Lord, I believe that you've answered many prayers this weekend, but there are still many that have yet to be answered. God, I just pray even from a year from today, a year to the day, Lord, that this church would look back and be amazed at all that you've done, all the provision, all the miracles, all the testimonies, all the shaking all the awakening, all the activation. Thank you, Father. Father, protect every seed that was sown this weekend. God, protect every seed, every word that went forth. Father, may we water it. May we plant it in good soil and seek you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said... Amen. God bless you guys. Let me pray a benediction over you. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jeremiah. Tonight, we want you to be aware that everything has been videoed. Everything has uh, been recorded. Uh, It was, many of you know that we just came back from California. uh, The marriage of my son, who's a pastor in California, It was over 32 years ago 
that we were in a very similar service just like this with Jim Spillman, uh, a prophet from the West Coast that came to Brightmore Tabernacle and called me out of the congregation, didn't know me from Adam. He didn't even know I was on the pastoral team. And the essence of the prophecy that was uh, given to your pastor was, you are the man in the middle. The Lord knows of your heritage of holiness. You come from a long heritage of holiness. But thus saith the Lord, you are the man in the middle, and yet there shall come another. A dear, dear friend of ours typed up that prophecy word for word from the audio recording. Becky and I have held that prophecy for 32 years. And at my son's wedding, I read that. And I said, you're the one that the prophecy was speaking of. And this day, the prophecy has been fulfilled. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. What you heard tonight as you were ministered to many of you and it's very very precious to me as a pastor and I want to assure you again that Jeremiah and I have had no 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 conversations whatsoever about any of you okay so let's just plus this pastor doesn't know what anybody gives and and the only time that comes into play is if you're nominated to the Board of Deacons. And, only, and even then, I just ask the treasurer, are they a giver? I don't know the amounts. I don't want to know. I don't want my ministry ever to be slanted. So I want you to know that too, right up front. But if you received a word tonight, it's so precious to me as pastor. I've counseled with many of you. I know what you're walking through right now, or I've known in the past. I've watched some of you grow up in this church from being a, just a little, little boy. And so I know that I know that I know that I know what was spoken was so right on in so many different situations. Some of you tonight received a word of exhortation, a word to encourage you to build you up. Some of you received a prophetic word in the dimension of foretelling. And what I want you to do, and I know Jeremiah would underscore this, what I want you to do is test it with the Word of God. Test it with times and seasons. Uh, again, all of us men that minister as pastors, evangelists, prophets, we're clay. We're clay. And uh, uh, again, we don't take extra-biblical revelation and equate it with Holy Scripture. And I know Jeremiah would have you weigh it with Scripture. Weigh it with times and seasons and circumstances of your life. And uh, I just thank the Lord that this day we have heard from a servant of the Lord. I want to validate that. And I want to endorse the ministry of God's servant, Jeremiah Johnson. Avail yourself 
to uh, the books, the tapes, the videos back there. Uh, pray for his ministry. Amen. And I'll just say this to you publicly, Jeremiah. Okay, now that I'm a little bit more seasoned and older, a lot older, probably older than his dad back there, uh, don't be a skyrocket minister. I've lived long enough. I've seen so many in your age bracket be a skyrocket, and then where are they at today? And, and pray. Uh, for this ministry and this servant of the Lord, that the Lord will keep him and protect him and, and uh, protect the flesh. Amen. And, and I, I would never invite anyone to this church because I am ultra protective, as many as you know, if I was not in relationship. And I can tell you, I watched him in Israel. <laughs> 